on this uh, Christmas Eve night, the last service before Christmas Day, um, I'm going to ask a question. And you have to be honest, although you don't have to raise your hand if you want to just keep it to yourself. But the question is this, are you afraid of the dark? Some people are nodding their head. Yes, I see some folks admitting it over here. Okay, that's good. Good to be honest, Kylie. Appreciate that. <laughs> and if you are someone who is afraid of the dark, that's okay. As someone has said, there isn't anything there in the dark that isn't also there in the light. And while you may not find any comfort in that statement, there is something about the dark that frightens us. And growing up, I'm going to make a confession to you. I was one who was afraid of the dark. I know it's shocking. <laughs> and so to remedy that, I had in my bedroom as a young boy, a nightlight, a nightlight to help me to see better, a nightlight for those things that go bump in the night, a light for peace and security, a light to help me get a good night's sleep. But it wasn't just any nightlight but it was a Donald Duck nightlight. <laughs> Isn't that beautiful? Um, I had to find that on eBay. They don't even make them anymore, actually. <laughs> but I have to tell you this, uh, Donald Duck's big glowing orange head illuminated my bedroom and brought me soothing peace and tranquility as I lay my head on the pillow each night. Well, as Christians, we live our lives not by a nightlight, certainly not by a Donald Duck nightlight, because we can run over to Walmart and buy three of them for about $9.99. The light that we live by is the very one who comes to us on this Christmas Eve night, who is the light of the world. I am concluding my uh, sermon series that we started way back on November 28th, on Thanksgiving weekend, that I've called The Colors of Christmas. And tonight we are finishing up appropriately with the color white. As you know, we've looked at different colors, gold and red and green and brown. And tonight it is white, which matches the Christ candle that is in the middle of the Advent wreath. Now, we do take light for granted, don't we? We wake up every morning and we expect the sun to be shining brightly in the sky. We mindlessly flick wall switches up and down in our homes in order for us to have light to see better. But how many times, be honest now, how many times after losing power in your home have you walked in the room and just flicked the light on, expecting the lights to turn on? We take the light so much for granted that we don't even give it a second thought. And yet, without any light illuminating our lives, things can be frightening. Back on uh, July 13th and 14th in 1977, New York City experienced a major blackout because of not one but two lightning strikes. Lights went out in the apartments, in skyscrapers, traffic lights, even even Shea Stadium went dark right in the middle of a baseball game between the New York Mets and the Chicago Cubs. New York City was suddenly plunged into total darkness and everything in that city came to a screeching halt, everything that is except for crime. Time Magazine would later call it New York's Night of Terror. 
Shops were burglarized. Stores were looted. 25 fires burned in buildings across the city. Businesses and private property were vandalized, all because of a lack of light. What's interesting to me, though, is that the city did report an unusually high number of births just nine months later. The point is, the point is, that's not the point of the sermon, by the way. The point is, light is indispensable to our lives. In fact, light is crucial because a physical light gives life through a process called photosynthesis by which plants produce the carbohydrates that form the basis of the food chain of all things living here on God's green earth. In other words, what I'm saying is we can't live without light. God knew this, and that is why the very first thing that God created in Genesis 1 after the heavens and the earth was light and God said let there be light and there was light and God saw that the light was good in the Bible light is used as a metaphor for that which is good and true and pure in fact in Psalm 27 David sees God as the good and true guiding force of his life and so he says the Lord is my light and my salvation And then when we flip over to the Gospels, Jesus makes this astounding claim that he is the light of the world and that in him all of God's glory and goodness and grace exists. Now, friends, we so need for this to be true because we live in a dark, dark world. We live in a world of poverty and violence, of COVID, and fear, of fragmented families, of way too many people stumbling around in spiritual darkness. What makes this uh, Christmas Eve so sacred, at least for me, is that uh, we want and love to be in a place where the light shines in the darkness. We gather in this place to worship the one who was born at night who appeared to some of his disciples on the Mount of Transfiguration at night, who ate the Last Supper with his disciples in an upper room at night, who died as the sun was going down with darkness filling the whole land, and then he's the same one who rose three days later in a blaze of sunlight. Tonight, we rejoice. We rejoice as God's people that Jesus is the light of the world. And that is why the prophet Isaiah, 400 years earlier, wrote, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Now, unfortunately, there are people who don't feel the same way about the light. Someone has said that the world is basically made up of two different kinds of people. There are people who wake up and say, Good morning, Lord. And then there are people who wake up and say, Good Lord, morning. (laughs) That may describe you. You may be married to someone like that, but we probably all know people like that. People who have lost all hope. People whose lives have been sapped of all joy. People who will say things like, what's the use? Why bother? What's the point? There's no solution to my problem. I might as well just sit here and languish in the dark. 
Friends, I'm here to tell you that a life without Jesus Christ is to live a life in total darkness. And if that's the case, then it's really easy to lose all hope. And so, let me just ask you, does that describe you tonight? Are you someone who feels that way? Are you someone who feels paralyzed with fear? Are you someone here who is yearning for light to enter into your dark world? One day there was this artist who was in a studio and he was painting a picture. It was this cold, bleak, winter countryside scene. And his scene had this blizzard sort of moving across the landscape of his painting. The artist decided to include in the, in the corner of his painting a cabin but the picture overall was one of coldness and, and hopelessness. But then one small stroke of his brush changed everything. The artist took his brush and he dipped it in gold paint. And then he touched the tip of that brush to a window in the cabin. And the golden glow from the window in that cabin transformed that entire scene, that entire painting. From, from bleakness to, to hopefulness, from, from coldness to, to warmth, and from gloom to gladness. Well, if you haven't guessed by now, the artist's name who paints that painting, those paintings, is Thomas Kincaid, who's known as the painter of light. And, and he had this amazing ability to transform paintings with a glow from within the image. And, and Thomas Kincaid's light-infused paintings have brought hope and joy to, to millions of people over the years. Well, friends, tonight, we are reminded of the one whose birth we celebrate, Jesus Christ, the light of the world. And he is the one who brings hope and joy to millions of people tonight and tomorrow, and indeed, this next year, and forever and ever. The Bible says in John's Gospel, the true light that enlightens the life of everyone has indeed come to us. And what has come into being was life, and the life was the light of all people. And I have good news for you. In fact, I have great news for you tonight. And it is this, that light is here. Jesus Christ is the light who has come into our darkened lives. Christmas, to boil it all down, is all about God shining the light of his Son into our darkened world. And in this season, there's been lights all around us. There are lights in your home and maybe outside of your home. There are lights outside people's homes in the community. In just a few minutes, we're going to darken this room and together, we're going to enjoy the delicate glow that dances on the end of your candle. And we're going to sing that wonderful carol, Silent Night, Holy Night, All is Calm, All is Bright. The truth is this. The light that we celebrate tonight is not a light that we can light on our own. It's a light that comes from beyond the darkness. It's a light that comes from out of this world, but born in a manger in Bethlehem 2,000 years ago, 
who is Jesus Christ. He is the light of the world. He is love's pure light. Tonight, I invite you to receive him. And as you walk out of here, may you do so aglow in the glory of God. Would you join me in prayer? Let us pray. Gracious God, with a joy and thanksgiving, we uh, celebrate the truth of this timeless story that we have heard over and over for many, many years, but it's about the birth of your only begotten son. We thank you for sending him into this world as the light in order to pierce the darkness of our lives. May we sing the same song that your angel sang to the shepherds long ago, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those whom he favors. And now, O oh God, may we as your people respond and may we do so with hope and peace and joy and love as we pray it all in the name of the child born in Bethlehem, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior and the light of the world. Amen.